Welcome to Subculture. This is a podcast about the many unique, varied, and sometimes little-known groups that people find themselves relating to in our society. In today's world, everything runs on culture. Who you are, what you believe in, what you think about yourself, and the way we relate to the world is all defined by the choices we make and the people we choose to spend time with. How do we decide where we belong? Have you ever thought about changing who you are? Have you ever thought about joining a club, a group, a gang, or a clique? What makes us who we are? What makes us decide where to fit in? That's what this podcast will explore. Every week, I will interview an individual from a different subculture and try to get at the thing that makes them tick. I'd like to welcome you all to another episode of Subculture. Today, I'm here with Renee Orth. Renee, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Happy to be here. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to come talk to me about Burning Man, which is a very interesting and unique subculture uh, in our society. I agree with all that. <laughs> well, tell me uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind. I just start everybody off by having you say your name, your age, if you're comfortable with that, where you live, where you're from, if you want to say anything about yourself to introduce yourself sure. to the listeners. Sure. Yeah. Happy to. Yeah. My name is Renee Orth and I just turned 49. So trying to make some splashes before I hit my 50th decade. I originally grew up in the LA area. I'm from California, but I currently live in Charleston, South Carolina. I've been here for coming up on seven and a half years now. Um, There's still a part of my brain that when I say I live in Charleston, South Carolina, there's a little piece of me that says, what? What did you just say? What What are we doing? (laughs) Where do we live? I moved here with my partner. He got a really great job uh, job offer that he couldn't say no to and he wasn't going to leave without me. So here we are. And uh, yeah, I've been going to Burning Man since uh, 2014 was my first year. And so um, it has totally changed my life. I've gone every year since when then when there's been an official burn. I took some time off during COVID when they didn't have an official burn, although I really regret not having gone to Renegade Burn, but just couldn't seem to get get enough people to go with me and uh, have been I'm co-leading with some really dear friends of mine, a local Burning Man event here in Charleston called Emergence. Uh, We just had our third event this past April. And uh, yeah, I kind of take it upon my, it's part of my, one of my missions in life to spread the burn culture and experience and the the ethics, the ethos of it. Um, It's totally transformed my life in ways that I couldn't even begin to put into words. And it's, uh, it's magic. And I always love talking about it, so. <laughs> yeah, Renee, awesome. Uh, thank you. That was a great introduction. And uh, I want to just shout out to Adrian, who's a, a friend of our us both who put us in touch with each other. Thank you to Adrian for connecting us. Yeah. Thank you, Adrian. I went to one of your events that you had um, for a charity that you're involved with. It's called the a Stone Soup. Stone Soup? The Stone Soup Collective. Mm-hmm. The Stone Soup Collective. Yeah, I, I was at your um, your your dinner that you had where you had, it was really oh, good. Oh, the empty bowls. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, I got a bowl. <laughs> My wife and I wonderful. were there. Wonderful, yeah, that was wonderful. Well, thank you for coming out and supporting that. Yeah, we enjoyed that very much. Um, 
I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I had a preconceived idea about Burning Man. <laughs> so I Many literally, you know, like, <laughs> and this preconceived idea that I had of Burning Man for the longest time that I've heard of it, which has been forever, you know, I mean, I've known about it pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, for as long as it's been going on, is that it was just a bunch of hippies in the desert, like doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> There's certainly some of that, um, no doubt, but um, yeah. uh, I, I will. I like to preface any conversation I have about Burning Man with uh, a riff on the Tao Te Ching, which is the, the burn that can be spoken is not the true burn. There's no small mouth noises I can make that will put into your mind anything close to approximating what Burning Man is. So just want to put that out there. I can talk about it for days and it will not... There's no, it, it is untouchable by words. We can point at it. You know, there's yeah. in Buddhism, they talk about yeah. the finger pointing at the moon. Don't I confuse do. that I'm for familiar. the moon. And um, my, one, one way I like to articulate how difficult it is to articulate this in words. When I came back from my first burn in 2014, came back to LA, one of my best friends in the world, my roommate, uh, still a dear friend of mine, Mike. And I'm like, dude, you are coming to Burning Man next year. He needs to be told what to do. So that was probably a mistake in the first place. But I worked on him all year. I was like, you've got to come. You just trust me. And uh, so he did. We got him a ticket. He showed up, I think, on Tuesday. I think it was a good 24 hours later than he was supposed to be. There was I was starting to doubt whether he was ever going to show up. And he comes and we go, you know, get him oriented. And then we go out what's called the playa, which is the big open space. There's the city, where which is where all the camps are set up. And then there's the playa, which is where the a lot of the big art projects happen. And the art cars can drive around. And it's basically this playground um, that we co-create. And so we're sitting on top of uh, our, um, our campmate's art car, the Lady Whiskey, also known as the Chooch. It's this beautiful kind of steampunk train engine. And we're chatting, you know, just like, eye to eye and then um it's about it's the, the sun has set and then i see him no longer looking at me in the eye and he's looking past my shoulder and he's looking this way and that way and he looks back at me and he says why didn't you tell me <laughs> and this is after a year of telling him and that was it right <laughs> it's because there is no there are no words um, yeah. there are no words. Yeah. It is a, it is a profoundly transformative experience. It's, um, it, and it's so much more than hippies in the desert with drugs. Yeah. Um, it is, I mean, some of the, the most brilliant people in, in the world go to Burning Man. Um, you know, I have lots of friends who are just geniuses and they, they go, um, and a big part of it is to meet the others. Who are the other people that are um, willing to endure the discomfort and invest enough of their time and their lives to get out to this incredibly inhospitable environment in order to co-create with other people, to create something. It's like a blank canvas. And we, every year we gather and we create a city and it's always a different city. There's certainly some things like the man and the temple um, and there are camps that have been coming for decades, and those, you know, are kind of the the landmarks. But every every time it's different. The people are different, um, but the the love is the same. The love of life, the creativity, is there, and it's um, for me as a pilgrimage. I, I definitely consider it a religious experience, uh, and it's um, yeah. So 
we have there is a thing called a burning man bore i want to be sure not to be one of those <laughs> i um in preparation for my interview with you today i you know i start you know prior to this i i was googling stuff about burning man and i it was it was quite eye-opening to me um you know when i was looking at the website the history of burning man the principles um you know mm-hmm. like how many people are involved in it um I, I didn't even i you know one thing that i never even understood about it was that it was like focused and centered around like this creation of art Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you know, I just didn't know any of that. Like, I, I just thought it was just a party in the desert where a bunch of people were getting, you know, like having fun, you know, it just seemed like, because yeah. that's what you see, you know, and obviously, you know, I've seen oh, the, yeah. the burning stuff, but, you know, for the yeah. most part, my, my preconceived idea was that it was just like some big party, but it's, it's, it's from your explanation and my research, it's, it's much more than that. Well, I was just want to say that there, there are many great parties that happen at Burning Man. So it's not that there right aren't on. parties. Yeah, it's just that it's so parties. much bigger than <laughs> yeah. I like to say, yeah, yeah. you know, like, you know, people call it a festival. It is, it's not a festival. There's lots of right. festing that happens, but it's not a festival. <laughs> um, so I, um, when I was 39, I had been married for 13 years and my marriage came to a pretty, in, in my perspective, a sudden end and uh, turned my life upside down. And, you know, I am a, a, a a believer in post post traumatic growth and the importance of the stories we tell ourselves. And I decided yeah. that instead of telling myself that I was devastated, which wasn't untrue, that I was free and I was going to get to write the volume two of my life from whatever I decided, right. That I was, I had choices right. to make. And so um, ended up living in a studio apartment in Venice beach. Um, and my, it was a Thursday night. I remember it very clearly. I had already decided, just to be clear, that I was going to Burning Man. I didn't know anybody who went to Burning Man, but Venice Beach was definitely a hub of the L.A. burner scene. So I was kind of, you know, going in that direction. And so You had it in up, your head. You had heard of Burning Man oh, at that I had heard yeah. of it, absolutely. I mean, being from L.A., being from California, you've heard of it for yeah. sure. And, yeah. um, and I knew it was aligned with what I was interested in for volume two of my life. And uh, so it was Thursday night and my first night out, like basically my first night on my own um, in, you know, 20 years or so. Um, And I decided that I was going to just go explore my neighborhood. And so I walked down to a place called the Bank of Venice and sat down and decided I was going to have a a drink and get a a dinner. And uh, I looked up a little while later and there was this handsome blue eyed guy staring, looking back at me, smiling. And he came and introduced my, himself to me. That's Ken. That's my partner today who I moved to Charleston with. And it just so happened that he had been to Burning Man twice and was a big fan. And so was planning on going back. Um, so that ended up, it, it wasn't clear for about six months because that was like, I think in November, it wasn't clear for yeah. quite some time whether I would be going to Burning Man with him because you can imagine <laughs> uh, the challenges that uh, um, Burning Man can uh, pose for for new relationships, but we managed to survive that and uh, ended up actually managing the camp together because the camp that he had gone with had kind of, um, uh, a lot of the key players had decided to skip that year. And so we've been together and with other people running a small Burning Man camp since 2014. And um, yeah, it's kind of like our other family and it's, yeah, it's fabulous. So 
It was it was everything I could have hoped for and more. Ah, that's that's a great story. I was um, I was surprised to learn in my research that it's nearly seventy thousand people that are at Burning Man. I think it's closer to eighty thousand now. Oh wow! Yeah, they yeah. kind of capped out. Like, the- the, I was looking at the timeline of Burning Man, and it definitely like the population's going up year to year. Um, yeah, the exception of twenty. 20- 21 i guess being the, <laughs> the yeah. one 2020 and 2021 yeah yeah because of covid but it seems like uh you know that, i mean that's an insane amount of people to be in one place at one time for an entire week it, it is it's insane and and we we build it we meaning the collective of the the burning man org and and the participants um I mean, all the Burning Man org, I think, are participants as well. Some of them get paid. That's, yeah. I guess, the distinction. But the um, we build a city from nothing. It is, and then we return it to nothing. And um, and the it's it's kind of insane. It is. Yeah. It is beyond any kind of rational um, explanation, really. And that's part of what well- makes it so powerful. Is the people who are willing to do what it takes to get there, we call it a bullshit filter, really, um, because you have <laughs> to, I mean, like yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah, billionaires right. and people to do whatever, but that's a tiny, I mean, reading the headlines, you think that that was a major problem. It's a sliver, a tiny sliver of the population are the right. billionaires who just want to come and, you know, party it up. But it's, um, it's an, a completely unreasonable thing to do. And, that I believe is what the world needs is people who are willing to do unreasonable things um, from a place of love and creativity and joy, um, partly for the sheer joy of doing them, you know, and that's one of the, I think the source sources of burning man's power is that it doesn't have an agenda beyond itself. It, it implicitly, um, I would say that people who resonate with, the burn culture and the ethos tend to, um, I would say, coalesce around political agendas. I would say we tend to be definitely more on the progressive end of the political spectrum. Um, certainly sure. not universally, but it's um, yeah. you know it's it's not a conservative culture. <laughs> it's a very um, uh, yeah yeah right know, right and, yeah. I'm a firm believer in my own life experience. Um, kind of reflects this that all personal and spiritual growth comes from like pain and suffering. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, I definitely think that, you know, that, that the, it's a yin and yang. It's a push and a pull, you know, the yeah. pain and suffering without the redemption of, of love and joy. Um, yeah. Yeah. We need all of it. I like that. Imagine you're talking to a group of people who know nothing about Burning Man. Can you just kind of walk me through where do you go? What, how do you get it? How do you get there? What happens when you get there? What happens when you're there? Can you just walk me through like a, like a talk, like you're talking to people that know. Yeah. Kind of the, kind of like if I was orienting a virgin burner and they were going to camp with us, I would tell them, (laughs) Um, this is what first of all we yeah so we um our camp usually gets quite a few um 
work access passes. That's WAPs for short. And we laugh a lot about that. Um, but uh, so if you can come early, come early. We like to get set yeah. up, you know, um, before Saturday. So the event officially starts on Sunday. Um, so okay. we like to get set up ahead of time. And, you know, you've got to kind of hit the ground with, um, with water, you know, with some basic things, because we have a basically a 20 foot cargo trailer uh, that stores in which we store all of our camp gear. So we've got a kitchen, we've got shade structures, we've got sofas, we got our kind of public facing, we've got kind of an old style, old West saloon um, that we bring that's kind of our interactive, uh, that, the home for our, a lot of our interactive activities. Um, and so you get there, you know, usually Thursday night, Friday morning. And if the weather is cooperating, we start setting up. And then where um, is there? Where is it? Okay. So yeah, so it's, I think it's about an hour from Reno. You would think I would know this by now, but it's always just a a haze. It's in the Black Rock Desert of Nevada. And so definitely the closest urban area is Reno. So a lot of people fly into Reno. Um, there are, uh, burner buses you can take. So the Burning Man organization, we the board for short, which is a, a nonprofit organization. Um, they run some buses from Reno and from San Francisco so people can, um, get there, uh, efficiently. Um, that's a big part of their, our, our community's commitment to shrinking our carbon footprint is the, the bus. Um, and so, yeah, we spend probably... I'm guessing 12 hours or so, depending on how many people we have setting up all of the stuff. And then, you know, the event starts on uh, Sunday. Um, You really want to time your entrance wisely because you can be in the the line for 10 hours or more waiting to get in because it's a, it's a two lane road to get there. And so there's just the, the logistics of it is really challenging. And so, but the great thing is you're in line with a bunch of burners. And so there's usually fun to be had in line. People are very excited. And so you can kind of talk to the people next to you. They, they pulse you in. And so you, you know, you basically, you know, you don't move for 20 minutes or so, and then everybody moves. And that way um, you can get out of your car and you can uh, hang out and have a good time. Um, And yeah, so you get to see, if you arrive early, you get to see the city just basically rising up out of the dust. And there's, um, so it's a, it's actually a dried lake bed where Burning Man happens. It's uh, a very alkaline, very fine, we call it playa dust. It gets into everything. The sooner you accept that you're going to be covered in dust and everything that you bring is going to be covered in dust, the happier you're going to be. Because if you resist it, you're just going to (laughs) make yourself miserable. And, um, yeah, there are huge dust storms, so there are a few kind of um, safety things you have to be aware of. Um, you never leave camp without water, without a mask, and without goggles, because it might be clear as day when you leave camp, but, you know, a dust storm could happen at any point, and you definitely don't want to get stuck in a dust storm without your goggles and your mask, um, and also just water, because the, the uh, conditions get very, very hot. There's huge fluctuation, I think up to, like, even maybe 50 degrees Fahrenheit between how hot it is during the day and how cold it gets at night. And so you've got this massive swing. Yeah. So you've got to be, when you go out um, and it happens, sometimes you go out, you know, at at noon and you think, Oh, I'm going to make it back to camp way before sunset. And (laughs) 
sometimes that doesn't happen. So it's always good to have, right some, you know, some extra set of clothes in your backpack. Um, yeah. So those are some of the kind of key virgin things. Um, let's see. <laughs> what else? Um, what do you wear? You like what, are, you, are you wearing like, I mean, I guess it's hot, right? So you, during the day. So you're wearing it's very like hot during the day. Thing. There are lots of people who wear nothing, but hopefully sunblock. <laughs> it's a, a, a large contingent of nude people or topless people um, okay. that uh, hang out at Burning Man. But it's, you know, you get used to it very fast. It's kind of interesting. You might think that, oh, sure. naked people. But before you know it, you're not even, <laughs> there's so much else yeah. going on. You're not even paying attention. Um, right and so, I mean, definitely uh, self-expression through costume, through clothing, through face paint, through headdresses, through hair, all of this. I mean, it's, it's a big part of, the, the magic of Burning Man is you get to, you know, they're not costumes, they're outfits. You get to be, and I'm actually wearing a pirate outfit today because nice. <laughs> I've been bringing some Burning Man love into the world uh, right through pirates. Um, pirates and burners definitely have some, you know, overlapping Venn diagrams. Let's see. And so um, the, the city is it's a, kind of a C-shaped. So uh, the whole city is based on a... Um, a clock grid. And so there's the times of day and then there's, so the, the man is always at 12 o'clock. Um, and okay. so, and that's kind of the center of the clock. And then there are, um, road streets that radiate out from the center, um, to what okay. we would call the suburbs. So everything, yeah. every address is a, a letter and a clock number. So this okay. year my campus is um, we'll be at 445 and F. That's our address. So when we tell our friends where we are, it's 445 and F. Um, it can get a little confusing yeah, when you're yeah. trying to also remember what time things are because you've got two times. <laughs> right, and, uh, right. I, I suck at that. Um, and so you can get your bearings because um, it's really yeah. important, especially at night and especially if there are dust storms, to be able to, to make your way around the city. It can get very disorienting because everything starts can start to look the same after a while. So in the city, there are what are called theme camps that have um, a lot of interactivity. So like I mentioned, so our camp, which is called end of the line, um, our friends have an amazing art car called the lady whiskey. That's a steampunk train engine, as I mentioned. And so we have part of our camp is a, um, an old West facade, like a old West, like gold town with a, yeah. like a walkway in front. And we have some carnival games and then we have a, um, basically a, a room that's made from a, a carport that we decorate and we've got like antlers and we've got wagon wheels and lights and everything. And we host, wow. um, host events and, you know, all sorts of things in yeah. there and outside. And so that's kind of where we interact and because it's all about, um, co-creating experiences for each other. And so one of yeah. the things about Burning Man is um, it's a decommodified space. So no money changes hands except for that you can buy ice. That's the one thing at Burning Man that you can use money for. Everything else, it's not a bartering, it's a gifting economy. And so it's um, it's just mind boggling. And this was probably the part about going to Burning Man that surprised me the most was how, it's kind of like that thing of, you know, fish, don't know what water is because they're in it all the time. You don't know yeah, yeah. how incredibly money centered and transaction focused American culture is until you go someplace for a week where your money doesn't buy you anything. And like, wow. holy, yeah, it's amazing. And so really it's about 
people giving what they love to give, you know, like if you don't, if you're not transacting, you're not trading your time and your life and your skills for money, what are you going to do? You know, it's like, ah, you can do face painting, you can do music, you can do art acrobatics. We can do like, like you can do anything basically, as long as it doesn't violate the principles, you know, glitter, no glitter, you know, consent is important, (laughs) but, um, the abundance that arises in a space where everybody is giving from a place of love and joy. Yeah. Um, right. And like you recognize, well, I, I should say I recognized how much of the scarcity that we experience in the default world, which is what burners call the regular mainstream culture, how much of that yeah. scarcity is because of our transactional monetary system in which people have to earn dollars in order to survive and who is it that they're earning dollars for ultimately i mean the only way the only people with a whole lot of money are rich people and governments and so in order to survive you have to do the things that benefit rich people and or governments you know yeah that's and yeah and so that 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 is actually a huge suck of human potential because we are not coming from a place of love and joy when we do those things and our creative energy and our love of life and possibility is being drained by that, by an economic system that is completely pathologically out of whack in ways that <laughs> I, mean, I could, I could drone on for hours. I could probably talk about that. I, I believe you Almost can. Almost as I long believe. as I could talk about Burning Man. <laughs> I have so many questions right now. Okay. Go for it. So you're, so just, you know, like I'm a, I'm a very practical minded person. So I'm just trying to think of the logistics of getting all this stuff into the desert. Number one, like, okay, just for your own camp and your wild West camp with all your, um, the the whole setup, like where, where do you keep all of that stuff when burning man's not happening and how do you get it to there and back and out? These are all very good questions, Chris. Um, So historically, our camp for the last, I think it's been about probably seven years now, we've had a 20-foot shipping container um, that stores our stuff. Um, We've we've rented space in uh, just outside of Gerlach, which is the closest town to Burning Man. Um, Uh That is usually what we do. Last year, we decided we needed to bring the trailer home, which is to home is uh, on the um, western side of the Sierras. It's about a six and a half hour drive where my family lives. Um, we needed uh, to take it there so we could clean it out because, you know, if you don't have, you know, time yeah. to take it all out and dust it off and yeah. clean it and sort it <laughs> right. and get rid of stuff, you know, it just, it accumulates. And so we're like, all right, time to, time to take it home. We still haven't cleaned it out, by the way. So like early <laughs> August, work weekend, yeah. we're going to clean out that trailer. But, um, and uh, we have yet to exactly figure out how we're going to get it back to Nevada. I'm pretty sure my brother is going to be involved in that process, hopefully. Um, but a lot, uh, one of the things um, a lot of camps do, there is a program that the Burning Man organization runs that has um, shipping containers. And uh-huh. so basically you rent a shipping container. I think you actually buy it um, and then you pay the Burning Man organization. They take it away, leave it somewhere nearby, and then they deliver it to your camp. Um, at the before you get there, and so um, which is a really great service. I mean, it's it's had a very long waiting list for a long time, which is why we went the cargo route. And also, it's just nice to be able to have access to your stuff mid year because 
sometimes you got to do repairs and um, all sorts of things. So that's that's the logistics part of that. Um, so we try our best to keep it local, so we're not um, hauling stuff back and forth. When I first started going, our LA camp would rent a U-Haul, fill it with stuff, take it there. We had a, a friend who had some extra space in like her horse barn, so we would leave our things there, and um, it was it was not fun. I was just like, this is this is stupid. So hard. We, That's hard. Yeah. What about food? How do you um, how do you deal with the food situation um, there? Um, we we bring a lot of shelf stable things um, in our camp. We have um, kind of a camp dinner, and so people take on you know is it. Usually we have more, last year we had more than enough people. So actually a few people just got to ro- be kind of roving helper with the camp. The whole thing lasts for a week, right? Yeah. Technically eight, eight days or eight days. actually technically nine days because it starts on Sunday and then it ends on Labor Day. So you got to feed all those people for eight days. Probably a couple meals, yeah. two, three meals a day. Yeah. yeah. So we, we usually just do one big meal um, and let okay. people fend for themselves for everything else. Because there's a ton of food that gets gifted oh, every right man too. So you definitely. Okay. Um, and also, it is so hot during the day that you don't – like it's a real appetite suppressant. So we always have way more food than we Yeah. But, um, so we have, you know, like I said, we have a, a big camp dinner and we just take turns. You know, we have, uh, um, a couple of our campmates that do, uh, Playa Jambalaya every year and, um, yeah. you know, there's usually a taco night. And so we take turns. Nice. Is it uncomfortable to be there during the day when it's like that hot? Oh yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to manage, you have to be vigilant about managing your energy during the day. Um, yeah. last year I kind of decided that I'm going to do my best to make, cause the, the difficult thing is if you don't have an RV or some air conditioned space, it makes it really hard to sleep after like nine thirty, nine o'clock. Cause if you're in a tent or if you're in anything that's not air conditioned, it will quickly start cooking you. Um, oh, and wow. so there's, I was like, I need to figure out some way to, to be able to sleep during the day and just really burn at night because the nighttime is um it's beautiful it's like it's like disneyland one of those like main street parades exploded and um you're looking at it through a kaleidoscope or something it's just it's crazy the the beauty of it the light the just the creativity and all the lights at night is like is so it's so amazing so uh, but yeah during the day it gets really really hot so you gotta you got to manage yourself and definitely staying hydrated is a, a big challenge because it's just so, so oh, dry. Man. So yeah. also it leads me to the, another practical question that I'm really curious to find out is like, where are all these mm-hmm. people using toilet? Oh, they're porta potties. That's, <laughs> that's one of the main, that's one of the main <laughs> things you get for your $500 ticket is the porta potties. Oh. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, obviously, there are people who bring RVs. They keep them pretty. I mean, there are a few that uh, get totally gross because they're just nearby some very popular um, nighttime activities. But generally speaking, especially if you time it right, it's like you know they come clean them at a particular schedule. Oh, okay, okay. So they're they're routinely cleaned, and uh, somebody somebody's maintaining that. So you got like a place, yeah. Yeah. That just yeah. that logistics of that alone have to be like staggering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are whole businesses and, and industries that have 
now arisen in that area of Nevada because there's not really much going on there, um, you know, that didn't exist before. And now there's this, you know, uh, it's kind of a, a contentious relationship between the locals and the Burning Man community because there are definitely yahoos who, you know, litter, they'll, you know, because there's no trash service. So you have to take, it's an LNT, you take what you, you uh, pack yeah. it in, pack it out kind of thing. And every right, year right. there are jerks who throw garbage on the side of the road. And I was like, mm-hmm. Uh, that's no good. strangle them. But, um, and, and I don't know what the numbers have been recently, but, um, I know in past years, there've been about a 50, 50 ratio of veteran burners to first time burners. Oh, um, wow. I think the Burning Man organization, they have, you know, there are all sorts of kind of, um, strings that are pulled levers that are used to try to manage that ratio because it's, it's actually, I think 50-50 is a little on the low side in terms of the yeah. veterans because it's really like you're you're trying to acculturate people this a profoundly different way of being in the world. And you have to have a certain percentage of people who know. It's like, I think about it like a choreography, who, people who know the song and dance and who are yeah. excited and willing to teach other people the song and dance. But if you get a bunch yeah. of people there and you're just like, watch this YouTube video, you know, <laughs> and learn about this. <laughs> right. Um, right. Which was one of the things that was really challenging. So in 2019 was our first emergence, which our local uh, um, Burning Man uh, inspired. Yeah. Event. I wanted to ask, I actually and, was curious. I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, Adrian had yeah. mentioned to me that you, there's some kind of local Burning Man uh, organization that you were involved yeah. with. I was kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Would you explain that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Emergence. Uh, 2019 was the first year. Um, okay. And we definitely had put a lot of thought into like, how do you transmit a culture to a place that doesn't really have much of it? I mean, I would expect before Emergence, we probably knew, like me and my, you know, the, the handful of friends who helped start it together. Yeah. Um, there were probably maybe 15 people locally who had been to Burning Man. And so that's not enough people to start the bird. Um, Thankfully, we got a lot of people from Atlanta um, because there's been a a local Atlanta burn called Alchemy for, I think think they're coming up on two decades. And um, one that used to be in Asheville called Transformist that's now moved to, I think it's West Virginia. But there are lots of Asheville people who are experienced burners, some from Raleigh. And so we we thankfully were able to convince a lot of those people to come here and like, show us how it's done. And now after three years of doing it, I think we finally, I actually had one of my uh, Charleston friends come and he was like, so I've been talking to the Charleston people and they're, we're going to bring it big next year. We're all wondering, you know, how is it, this is our local bird and it's Atlanta and Charlotte that are bringing the big art and the big sound, like sound camps is what we call the, the, the camps that bring like the really amazing sound systems and lasers and, you know, schedule the DJs. Uh, Cause that's a big part of the Burning Man culture. Um, and, uh, so they said that they were, they're starting to plan already. He said, so we'll see. I think we're going to have a big, a bigger Charleston, uh, camp next year, but it's, um, yeah. When, when my partner Ken and I came here in 2016, uh, we were like, well, we don't know if there's a burning man community here. We did join a, uh, there's a Facebook group called, uh, Charleston burners. And we met, okay. uh, the woman who started that. Her name is Danielle Kane. She's since moved to Asheville. Um, oh. we, love her dearly. <laughs> we would love for her to come yeah. back, but, um, you know, she's like, no, there's not really much burning going on here. So, 
They're like, well, I guess we'll have to bring it. And um, met a couple of other people and took them. Uh, uh, a couple of them were you know, Burning Man veterans, but some of them uh, we took to Love Burn, which is the Miami Burn, so that they could experience yeah, at least a regional right burn. And um, yeah, our first year we were uh, almost 300 people. And then we had to take two years off because of COVID. And then uh, uh, 2022, I think we were close to um, closer to 500. And then this year, wow. we were just just shy of 600 people for four days. Holy moly, that's, um, uh, that's great. You're, you're creating the community that you were craving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, that's, it's been- That's incredible, yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. It's been yeah. magic. It's been magic. The people who have um, come out of the woodwork to help make it happen, uh, from all over the southeast. Um, so you've already had years. your. You've already had the one for twenty twenty three is already happened. Twenty three, yeah, in April. Yeah. yeah. What, and what? What was it? Walk, talk. Talk to me about what that. Where? Where was it? What does that look like? What happens? So we um, we have a wonderful venue. Um, super grateful to the Charleston Woodlands, uh, which is a, a nature reserve between Charleston and Somerville. For those who are huh. from Charleston. Um, they have 6,000 acres, and then they have um, a beautiful spot. They call it the Oak Grove. It's 20 acres, pretty much smack dab in the middle of that 6,000 acres. And they have um, leased it to us for our events. So it's always been in the same place, and we're hope- hopeful that that will continue because it's um, nice. you know, it's two two miles from the nearest neighbor. I, I joke sometimes that we've been trying to get a sound complaint, damn it. <laughs> I haven't been able to do it. Um, oh, right on. You know, and the, yeah. Um, Maybe the neighbors so, like it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm thinking not. <laughs> um, so we've been um, super lucky and very, very grateful uh, for that collaboration. Um, it's a really beautiful venue on a couple of um, freshwater lakes. And, okay. Uh, so yeah. Um, so we'll be doing it again next year, and we also, you know, we're um, super excited to. How long does that last? Four days. Like over a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, kind of thing. Yeah, uh-huh. it's um, Thursday, Thursday through um, Sunday. Uh, right on. Kind of technically, okay. you know, we ask people to be gone by Monday at noon, of course. And you stay. <laughs> you stay on happen. the site. You, it, it's similar yeah. to Burning Man. When you go, you stay. You're there. Oh yeah, yeah. Right we 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 started setting up the the um, Saturday before the event this year because there's a lot there's a lot involved. April in Charleston is the like nice weather though, so you're not at least you're not. It's in the beautiful. Of, like, yeah, yeah, that's a nice time of year. Yeah, yeah, it is beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, it's been it's been incredible, and it's um you know I I do it uh, I invest my my life into it because I do believe that this culture is kind of uh, the metaphor I like to use. And I'm not sure it's entirely metaphorical because I do think, you know, nature biology iterates the same patterns at different scales, but the immune response of our species of particularly Americans, you know, because our culture is responsible for so much of the destruction of, of natural ecosystems and other cultures across the world. Um, yeah. that this, this is, uh, a, um, and I, this is, a I, my sense is that it's a kind of European cause it, it's very, it's generally a very white, uh, culture and demographic that shows up at Burns. Um, not okay. exclusively, thankfully, uh, we, you know, radical yeah, yeah, inclusion right. is one of our principles, 
and we I read that that's like the first principle was like no radical inclusion um, yeah everybody yeah everybody's included the stranger is welcome I mean that doesn't mean that some we also practice compassionate exclusion if uh, you know you violate we have 10 principles and at emergence we talk about the one rule which is consent um, which is really important uh, to us as a community to you know there's no such thing as a safe space when you're dealing with humans but we're, yeah. we're aiming to create an accountable space and that some of that accountability is a, a, revoke, a revoking your invitation to be here. Um, so how do you police how do you police these events? I mean, I guess you don't have like a security service or anything there. They're not we actually probably. do. We do have we a do. security service. We have um, it's an outfit called Arise Event Services out of Asheville, and they are incredible. Oh, um, shout nice. out to them! Like I, I just can't thank them enough for because they they are burners themselves. They know the culture. They know that they're not out yeah. there to be you know strutting around and growling at people and thumping their chest or any yeah. of that. Um, but yeah. they're in the background and they are there. We summon them unless they're saying something that obviously needs immediate attention. They are there at our request. But we also have, um, so rangers are a really important part of Burning Man culture and including emergence. Um, bur- rangers are basically community mediators. So my, my partner and I are both okay. Black Rock Rangers. We ranger at Burning Man. Um, oh, and nice. it's, it's really about... Um, you know, conflict resolution, de-escalation, you know, as much yeah, as possible, yeah. getting participants to solve their own problems. You know, we're not right. there. I, I hate rules. Like one of one of our rules is don't be <laughs> the <too>. reason. <laughs> we have to make another rule. Okay. Don't be that person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't like, you know, it's, we, ha- we have to have rules when people are failing at being adult fully mature human beings you know <laughs> like that's yeah. i mean burning man's been going on since the 80s i'm sure there's been like yeah. some bad element you know that shows up oh, for yeah. things because of yeah. the things that yeah. i my preconceived ideas the drugs and the party and all of that you know people are going to oh, show yeah. up for yeah. you know for those kind of things right yeah I mean, and, like, and sure. yeah people do and you know considering that we're a city of eighty thousand people our, our crime rate is is about in keeping with uh, what you would expect from a city of that size. It's not a whole lot right higher on. or a whole lot lower um, right than, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. our security is, you know, we try as much as possible to get people back to having a good time as soon as possible. But, um, yeah. you know, if somebody's uh, consent violations are a, you know, the, the big no-no in our community. And a consent violation is like putting your hands on somebody uh, without their Definitely consent. Definitely touching somebody, somebody you know, right. yeah, t- touching people um, without yeah, their consent. Gotcha. I mean, obviously yeah. you might accidentally hug somebody who didn't really want to be hugged like that, you know, well, like, okay, you know, lesson learned. But um, if we have, if people have to tell you more than once that you're, you know, you're making somebody uncomfortable by, by touching them inappropriately, then that's, that's the fastest way to get yourself kicked out. Of, of earn. 10 Gotcha. Um, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think too, it's one of those things um, was reflecting on this with from our April event. I think because of how we're, our culture is portrayed in the mainstream media, you know, being uh-huh. this kind of Bacchanalian, you know, no yeah, holds barred, right. like just, you know, um, that I think there's definitely some education that we're going to need to, to increase as we go forward that, what you may have read about Burning Man and burn culture on the internet isn't necessarily true. And this is not some sex fest where you get to go and, you know, be appropriate and persist in your, you know, sexual advances, you know, regardless of how they're being received. Like, no, sorry. It's just not, it's not okay. Yeah. 
What about medical um, care for, I'm sure you guys have something set up for people yeah. in case they have a medical so same, emergency or something like yeah. that. The same, the yeah. same company does, uh, that does our security, does our, our medic too arise. They're, um, yeah. they're amazing. And thankfully for us, because like, obviously mm-hmm. for, um, for events that are very, very remote, that takes on a whole other level of importance. Um, thankfully with us, you know, we're, not that far from hospitals and ambulances and things like that. So we get a little bit, uh, we don't have to take on quite as much of the responsibility for responding to um, medical issues that might, you know, if we were, if we were an hour from the nearest hospital, (laughs) that would. (laughs) Right. It's okay. You might have to think for a second on this one. I'm going to ask you a hard question. What do you think uh, would surprise people the most to to know about Burning Man? Like what's something unexpected Uh... that people wouldn't. I think the thing that surprises the people that have come um, Mm -hmm. who had never been to a burn before is how welcoming the community is. Um, It is, uh, you know, I, I um, had several people coming up to me at the event this past April with tears coming down their faces to thank me. And it's not just me, obviously, but I, you know, I kind of yeah, right, play right. the hostess. So people are kind of like, oh, there's Renee. They know that I'm involved in, in helping make it happen. And yeah. uh, just thanking me because it changed what they understood was possible in the world. Um, and that's why, that's why we do it really. It's, um, you know, it's the fun is great and everything, but when it comes to the amount of effort and time it takes to put something on this and we're all volunteers you know we do pay the security and the medic people but other than that it's um all volunteer um we do it because of its power to transform people um you know it's not a mystery to anybody that our our dominant dominator american culture is it's a cancer really it's a collective pathology and you can see you know the the drug drug use and the suicide rates and the homelessness and all of these social problems um in my opinion they have their roots in uh our our culture and our um that we have lost touch with what it really means to be human and what it really means to be human is to love and to be in awe of what it is to be in nature and to be with each other and to be alive and that's what the burn experience reignites in people it reminds them not through words but through experience a lived experience that um, there is a profoundly different way to be human that is rooted in love that's rooted in belonging that's rooted in community and that that is um yeah that until you've experienced it you can't like i said in the beginning you know i could small mouth noises, you know, changing the synapses firing in your brain all day long. It will not (laughs) replace the experience of being amongst all of these people, you know, like our event, almost 600 this year. And of course I can't say that it's all, you know, 100% of them, but I would say 98% of them are when you're there, they're the friends, you know, and the friends you haven't met yet. Those are the categories of people. Um, Love that. I love that. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the burn culture. When's the next thing that? When's your next thing? When's the next Burning Man or the next emergency? So we haven't. um, We have not scheduled the next emergency. I think we're going to stick with April. Um, This year it was April twentieth through twenty fourth. We might go like a week earlier. I don't know. We haven't 
we're kind of taking a little bit of a breather right now. We'll get back to planning next month. Uh, but we yes, do host for people in Charleston. We do host, um, excuse me, weirdo Wednesday. That's um, oh. every Wednesday. And it's just, you know, some, I'm, if I'm in town, I'm there. If I'm not other, you know, there are plenty of other people there at container bar. That's in the upper Pen- peninsula near Edge cab company. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, there's no agenda. Yeah. It's just people, mostly people who come to emergence, but we're always excited to meet other people, um, come oh. and it's just conversations. And that's also where we put other, shen- other shenanigans. And so, um, I've got my pirate outfit on. That's part of the, uh, burner uh-huh. shenanigans. We are actually it's taking Wednesday. over today. Yeah. It's today, Wed- yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday at, um, from six 30, we usually close it down around 10 o'clock or so. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, so we, and there are other kind of community events that pop up. Some of them are, you know, privately held, but can generally open um, to, you know, other kind of um, pagan festivals. So you have this, uh, so you have this weirdo Wednesday where you meet at the container bar from 630 to 10 on Wednesdays. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. mostly yeah. And we also have people. a, mostly emergence people. And we also have a Facebook group. Um, emergence uh, co-creating a burn in Charleston, South Carolina. And so, you know, okay. people who are nice. doing things like, you know, take, taking over a bus to the beach on Saturday and turning it into a pirate ship. That's what we'll be doing. Yeah. Oh, right on. <laughs> Your pirate theme again. Yep. <laughs> I've been seeing yep. a trend here. When's the yep. next Burning Man? When's the next big Burning Man in the Black Rock Desert? It, it always happens. So Labor Day. So the first Monday of September is always the last day of Burning Man. So it's usually the, it's the week oh. that straddles August to September. I couldn't tell you the dates right now, but it's the end of August. So. Yeah, right on. Yeah. So that's coming up for you pretty soon, and I, I'm assuming you'll yeah. be there. I will be there, absolutely. Yeah, right on. How, so how do you get yourself from Charleston to the Black Rock Desert? you fly out to Reno and then drive in, or what, how, what's the process for getting Yeah, I fly usually to San Francisco, and because okay. my my family all lives in Northern California, and so nice. I'll be going out there okay. actually um, soon. I'm going to be spending most of the summer out in California this year. All right, um, nice. Yeah, my my folks are getting older. I need to be, to yeah. be with them. Um, and yeah, so we're we're doing it again. We just uh, restarted our our Slack channel. We organize ourselves on Slack and, uh, you know, try to, okay. um, yeah. kind of decentralize the organizing. Cause that's one of the, and to me, that's, I mean, I could geek out for a very long time about, you know, like emergence, the word emergence is actually, you know, a term from biology where, you know, life emerges, life emerges from oh. earth. It emerges from stardust that starts doing a dance that self replicates and it does this thing. And it's the closest thing to magic that science will admit exists um and it's it's about bottom-up organization and so that's a big part to me of one of the things i'm interested with emergence is how do we organize ourselves um through collaboration from the bottom up rather than hierarchy coming from the top down and having a bunch of rules and and um you know just people ordering other people to do something because to me that's part of the magic of burning man is that it is an emergent phenomenon you know and even the 10 principles they you know it wasn't like somebody like harry larry harvey who's one of the founders of burning man um you know he didn't like sit down and write the 10 principles and say hey everybody let's go out to the desert and use you know organize something with these rules it was over i mean burning man had been happening for well over a decade 
when other when people wanted to host local events and they kind of asked him like we need something to go off of you know could you please just write something down and he was very opposed initially to writing anything down about it but he did and he wrote the okay. 10 principles and so the 10 principles are those those principles are emergent you know with the hippies and the anarchists and the you know um artists and the motorcycle riders and all of the people who you know were attracted to burning man year after year coming out there and creating art yeah. together and leaving their money at home um that that is those 10 principles are what arose and i i think it's um, i'm very fascinated with the the parallels between the 10 principles and the values of many indigenous cultures that i um there is a lot of of parallels and I to think. me that is not accidental you know that when people gather and they gather authentically and they gather without ulterior motives that there are patterns and values that are in us they're part of who we are as humans that emerge they arise and that they order our behavior they order our collaboration and that what we create when we surrender to those values not surrendering as in like i'm no longer an individual but that i see that i can choose to surrender and this is a for me, a huge part of what Burning Man is, um, I choose to surrender my will and my agency for a time to something worthy of my life. That this this endeavor is worthy of my effort to get there, my worthy of my effort to bring my things and to contribute my creativity and to participate in other people's art. Um, radical participation is not one of the 10 principles, but it is absolutely an essential part of Burning Man. When you encounter people who are interacting and gifting something, the enthusiasm that you bring to that experience is a huge part of what, what we do. We encourage each other um, to explore and to, to, um, and to create together. And so that feeling of being a cell, like me as an individual, being a cell in a multicellular organism that is doing something that is so beyond anything I could ever do by myself and to feel a sense of belonging, a sense of, I am this, this organization, this creation, this co-creation of Burning Man um, is, it is absolutely transcendent and it is a, it yeah. is a religious experience. Absolutely. And so how, you know, how do we bring that to our own communities? How do we bring that into the default world? so that people have a reason to get out of bed in the morning or get off the couch and stop watching the TV. And you know, yeah. like that there is yeah. life to be had here. And it is, yeah. it is, it is beautiful. And the more of us that join together to make the magic happen, the more amazing it is and the more fun it is and the more addictive it is and the more we can co-create. And so that's really what my commitment is to, to the world and to my life is to co-create magic with as many people as I possibly can um, for the time that I'm here. So that's an incredible yeah. uh, thing that all of that, that you just said. Amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I'll, I'm thinking while you're saying all that is it's just an exchange of energy for the greater good. Like, right. It's just more, the more people participating, the more energies exchanged, the more. Uh, yeah. And this is the key. It's energy exchange, but also recognizing the importance in all of evolution of synergy. Yeah. When 
we collaborate to create something that is greater than the sum of us. And that's yeah. what Burning Man is. And that's what emergence is. And that's what collaborative art hopefully usually is. It's not always, you know, sometimes it's like, oh shit, we just need to burn that. Cause that's, <laughs> you know, it's not a hundred percent, but that, um, that all the evolution happens through synergy, through complex arrangements that create something more complex and more fruitful. However you want to define that fruitfulness um, for some, it's, you know, efficiency, you know, for, yeah. for Burns, it's not about efficiency. It's about experience. Um, yeah. And that, so when we, we exchange energy, but we do it in a way that actually creates more, more of whatever it is that we're looking for. Fun, love, community, um, generally not money because, you know, that's, yeah. that's somebody else's yeah. game. I mean, we need it. Yeah, we need it to, to survive <laughs> yeah, in this right. world. But ultimately, I would love before <laughs> I take my last breath to, to live in a community where money is um, is not necessary. At the end of Burning Man, then you guys just like you burn it all down, right? You burn down all the stuff. Is everything gets we burn, set on fire? We burn, and not. I mean, certainly not everything. Only things that. Right, you're right. I don't mean like all putting. your personal belongings um, and stuff. Yeah. But, but like the structures yeah. and the art and the the big, the man, this, all of that gets. Burned the man burns. The That's very important. The yeah. temple burns. Those are two things that yeah. always always burn. Provided you know there definitely have been some smaller burn that local burns where you weren't able to burn because of fire danger and things but who builds that stuff who... um our artists do um for for okay. burning man they they take proposals and there's a whole process uh by which people are basically tapped to do those and then there's at, at burning man there's always multiple pieces of big wooden art uh that burns um, last okay. year, there were some, though, that did not burn on purpose. They decided for environmental reasons that they wanted to um, to not burn their art, which I think is also very noble. Um, okay. But yeah, for, for our burn this year, um, our, our effigy was built by a, a group of mostly Asheville-based artists. They did um, it's like a, a grandfather clock. It was oh, wow. just beautiful <laughs> and it burned exquisitely. Like people who have been burning for 20 oh, wow. years were like, they were mind blown. They were like, this is the most amazing <laughs> effigy burn I've ever seen. And then we also have, we have um, a wonderful artist named Quest from DC. She's an amazing yes. burner. I love her to death. And she built our temple again this year um, using all uh, materials that were found on site. And uh, the, the culmination of, you know, the, so the temp, the temple burns, you know, just after about sunset on Sunday. So it's kind of like the the um, culmination of the event. And we have what's called conclaves. So we have fire. There are lots of fire performers. That's a big part of the burn culture. People who spin fire, all these different things. And we had um, a conclave for temple, as we always do. And the last artist to come around was my, my friend Peaches, who is absolutely beautiful she looks like a goddess and she was spinning totally nude because that's something that she does and it was just you know this just gorgeous performance and i i don't know they weren't fans but they were something like a very elegant uh fire um uh prop that she was using and just as she was finishing her performance a huge shooting star came across the sky oh, right Lord. behind the temple <laughs> and like the whole wow. everybody was there was just like what what, what was that and people were like ever one of my friends was just like i thought maybe you like had rigged something in the trees or something behind her because it was so amazing i couldn't That's quite incredible. accept that it was 
a shooting star. And so, you know, I, I like to take those points of, um, (laughs) of synchronicities, meaningful coincidences in the Jungian, uh, lexicon, but that, uh, you know, that's the way the universe sends us signs Mm. that we are on the right track, you know, that we're doing good things. And so, uh, we're going to keep doing that. And, um, yeah, well, uh, anybody who's listening, who is interested, there's, and there are, there are burns all over the country and even all over the world. Um, I think there's a burn happening somewhere in the world every, every weekend, um, of the year. So, yeah, it's, uh, Renee, what do you do when you're not burning? What do you do for the... What do the I rest do? Of your life. Um, I, I, I practice law a, a little bit sometimes. Um, in fact, once we get off this uh, call, yeah, I've got some lawyering to do. Um, I also run a nonprofit called the Stone Soup Collective. Uh, I should say I help run it because it's definitely way yeah. bigger than me. Um, we make we've been making soup here in Charleston from donated produce, uh, most of it local, for coming on robots over six years now. Um, so we make soup in a local church kitchen and gift it to people in need. Um, the vision has always been to help other people start their own soup collectives in churches and schools. We had one going at College of Charleston before COVID. Unfortunately, COVID um, killed it. So, But we're still hoping to get that started again. Um, but it's definitely inspired by Burning Man principles, that idea of collaboration yeah. and yeah. Uh, or communal, communal okay. effort, decommodification, gifting, all of yeah. that and uh, you know there's so much the soup's delicious by the way i get a lot of that soup <laughs> because my co-worker uh participates in that stone soup collective yeah. with you and i get a lot of it soup awesome. which is very 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 good yeah, i'm so awesome. glad yeah and we will be doing our empty bowls again uh this coming november so uh right looking forward to that that's mm-hmm. yeah what would you so like how would you like people to what would you like me to post that people can link to if they're interested in more about what we're talking about. Definitely. Um, emergenceburn.org is the okay. website for our local burn and also probably a, a link to our Facebook group for that. Um, okay, you can also sure. put in there about the stone soup collective for Charleston people. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. What a great charity that is. Those are the two, the two main things probably, or I guess that's three. Mm-hmm. So you piqued my interest in this Burning Man. I'm very interested in it. Mm-hmm. If I want to get involved in something, how do I do that? Uh, show up at the um, Container Bar or is there other events or what is it? The Container Bar is kind of, I think of it as like, it's the backbeat. It's the rhythm. So it okay. happens every Wednesday, whether I'm not here or any, you know, it's like yeah. independent of any one person. And so okay. that's a great way to get to know people. And then start having yep. the conversations about what's going on. What do we want to do? Um, like yeah, I said, right. some of us are going to be taking over. We were uh, a bunch of us went to Hampton Park last Saturday for the Piccolo Spoleto finale and dressed up as pirates. And we we're having a great time recruiting people to take over the land ship with us next weekend. So we'll see. We're nice. trying to uh, <laughs> one, one of our uh, yeah one of the um, our emerger friends. Um, is very big into public transportation and trying to get people to use it more, particularly the bus to the beach. So we're like, we'll do pirates, pirates, why not? So <laughs> that's a, and that's yeah, another part about being a burner is being, being enrollable in other people's craziness. You know, it's like, all right. I, yeah, you know, that's, uh, yeah, it's fun. Show up for yeah, my right. crazy schemes. I'll show up for their <laughs> crazy schemes. As long as we're having a good time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I have, 
I've really enjoyed this conversation with you. Actually, it was very informative, interesting. Um, you're a great advocate for Burning Man, and uh, you, you, <laughs> you've really got me interested in knowing more about it. So, thank you so much for Wonderful. your time, Bridget. Yeah. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for letting me geek out on one of my favorite topics. I appreciate it. like to thank you all for listening to this episode of subculture and i want to thank renee orth again so much for taking the time to come on and talk to me about burning man that was very interesting i will drop a link to your facebook page and emergence in the show notes below so anybody listening that's interested can find out more about that if you like this show please rate review me and follow me on your platform of choice and i'll see you guys out here again next week thanks for listening Thank you.